When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. As the moon is shining above, it is once again late night with the Lakers Fast Break. It is Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and of course, everything that we do for you right here at Lakers Fast Break. Go ahead and check out all of our great shows. And if you can, please like and subscribe. Please subscribe below so you get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air, including our awesome post-game coverage, as always. Plus also as well, Magic Man in the Morning, Lakers History 101, Late Night with the Lakers Fast Break, NBA Observations, Do You Know Your Lakers History, and more. We got some great things going on, including our newest show, The Lakers Snack Pack. So go ahead and check it out today, wherever you get your podcasts, and of course, right here on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch for Lakers Fast Break. It is late night with the Lakers Fast Break, and we just wanted to give you a update as the games have now ended for Thursday night. Joe is here, the man behind Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Of course, his great company, Simblades.com. It is Joe Soro. Joe, I know, I'm hoping anyways, you've got a date tomorrow morning with Sean. I'll see if I can try and make it there too. But I wanted to go ahead at the close of tonight's game, the most important game that everybody's talking about. No, it is not the Thunder they, unfortunately, uh, for the Dallas Maverick fans out there, they beat the Jazz handily on the road. Your thoughts, though, is now on the Suns game. The Suns did pull out a home win in the fourth quarter, 119-115. As we now turn to them coming to Los Angeles, they're leaving late tonight. They still probably haven't even left towards Los Angeles or flown out to Los Angeles as of yet. They probably won't be doing so until midnight. Probably get in late here in L.A. You have Durant, 41 minutes. You have several others, key players for the Lake for the Suns. They played 30, 35, 37 minutes. Looks like it's going to be a tough deal for them to come back on a back-to-back when there's really nothing to play for, right? Um, Monty Williams uh, stated that he hasn't made a decision on who's going to rest tomorrow. The Suns have all but wrapped up the fourth seed, so yes. I don't know where where that 
where that lies. But if they end up resting Durant, Booker, or Aiton, or whatever, Lakers have a good chance of winning the game. Otherwise, uh, you know, they play like they did against the Clippers, then, you know, we're going to have a problem there. Uh, we need the, the Warriors to lose to, to the Kings. And I got a really good feeling uh, that the Warriors are not going to lay down on that one. And I'm pretty sure that the uh, the Kings, not wanting to play the Lakers, are going to probably uh, – let that happen. <laughs> uh, if that's I, the case, that would spell doom for the Lakers. And unfortunately, no week off for the team. Yeah, no week off. And we're going to likely be staring down to the aforementioned uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, I believe we're playing the 10th seed. If we're the 7th, is that correct? No, we play the, uh, I think the 9th, the 10th seed plays each other first. Okay. And then we play the eight seed first uh, as what we do. We, we host a game as far as if we're the seventh seed. And then what happens is if we win, I guess we wait for the winner of the nine, 10 seed at, at the crypt. So I think okay. that's how it works out. So we're likely looking at a matchup with the, with the new Orleans Pelicans. Is that, is that what we're looking at? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, it's only fitting that this year they battle the, Pelicans for a playoff spot, a draft pick, or a lack of draft pick swap anyways. No, no, I'm sorry. Hold on, hold on. If the Lakers are seventh and they beat the King, uh, beat the beat the Pelicans at eight, then the Pelicans would host the game between the nine winner of the nine ten seed. Okay. Sorry. It, it's it's just it's really got it. You gotta make sure you read between the lines on it. It gave yeah. me a headache first time I checked. Yeah, it is. And the Lakers are likely going to end up playing the Memphis Grizzlies, which yeah. is probably not going to go well uh, from my, my well, assessment. Well, I don't want to say that. I don't want to start – you know, maybe Sunday we can start talking about that for sure for yet. I mean, there's still the issue with, with Memphis when it comes to uh, no Brandon Clark because he blew out his knee and he'll be gone for a year. And then you have Steven Adams who is out for them. That was a major source of defense and obviously offensive rebounding because you know he kills you on the boards. But again, that's another let's dive into that when we know that's going to happen type detail. But for now, like you said, not only is the game tomorrow for the Lakers important as the Phoenix Suns fly into L.A. very late. So we'll see what happens again. Kevin Durant, 41 minutes. Do you want him playing on a back to back? Devin Booker, 37 minutes. You know, Chris Paul, 37 minutes. Do you want them both playing on a back-to-back? DeAndre Ayton, even 35 minutes. Do you want him playing on a back-to-back? So you've got to decide whether you guys want those guys playing on a back-to-back when they're coming in here. That's important for the Lakers. But also as well, the game, like you said, in Sacramento with Golden State. And, uh, you know, Sacramento, pick your poison. Do you want to go ahead and let play your first round against Golden State or the Lakers? Pick your poison. Are you, you are know, you asking me? Are you asking? Are you asking me as if I if I was the coach or as a yeah, as an observer? If you're Mike Brown, if you're in Mike Brown's seat, my friend, and you've got you know Stephen Curry on one side, you're going to have to face with Andrew Wiggins coming back, and then you've got the Lakers finally starting to get healthy, finally looking good, finally playing as a unit, also back. 
that could be a problem for the Kings either which way. I would favor either of those teams over the Kings. It's become it's become the the standard mindset of let's try to avoid this and avoid that. I think it's a waste of air and waste of time. If you're a, a legitimate contender, you're not worried about who you're playing in the first or second round. You shouldn't be. No, you shouldn't. So at this point, there's so much parity in the West other than maybe, and even in the one, two, and three slot, slots that are all one, two, three, and four, uh, no one there is really scary. Denver was scary for a minute. Memphis was scary when they had everyone together. Uh, the Kings are a young team that need to outscore you, and usually scoring in the, in the playoffs tends to slow down and a more half-court offense kind of rolls, even in this era of basketball. At least you need to play that a little bit better. Maybe not as much as it used to be, but that you still need a little bit of that in the playoffs. Uh, my my issue right now with the Lakers is, is I, I don't know if they're capable of winning uh, when they really need to win. I don't think they've won a game in a while where they really needed to win it. Uh so I gonna this is it's gonna have to happen really in the play-in and in the playoffs. Um their lack of free throw shooting ability has really, really become a problem, so much so that I was reading an interesting stat, and I know the average free throw percentage in the NBA is around 78%, which is pretty much what the Lakers shoot. But I was looking at the schedule. They lost uh 13 games by five points or less and lost uh uh, two others by six or less, right? Let's just yeah. use those uh, fifteen games as a as a as a as a as a uh, a guide. So October twenty third is the beginning of the year. They lost by two to Portland. They missed four free throws. Eh, that's not really too drastic. Uh, you know, it, that, that that's too close. Four missed free throws is not really that much. But then uh, the following month, they lost by one point against Indiana. They missed seven free throws. Boston, December 13th, they missed eight free throws, lost in overtime. Charlotte, Charlotte, yes, we lost to Charlotte 134-130, seven free throws. And then it just kind of gets worse. Dallas on the 12th of January. There's been been times we've won uh, close games. He's not saying that, Zangerstein. And and great to have you here, by the way. But I think he's pointing that more times than not, we've managed to find ways. These are, these are, these, these, this statistic that I'm spewing out is not about whether we've won close games or whether we've lost close games. It's, it's, there's a, there's a, there's a cancer on this team and it's deeper than just wins and losses against particular teams. It's it's there's a deficiency in mental focus, and this is the prime example of it. Free throws is a mental ability, okay? And they have lost as much as we we we've, we've been kind of jacked by by the refs, and that's 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 very understandable. I understand we've probably gotten screwed out of probably four games this year, but we still have another eleven games where we screwed up not hitting free throws. And on top of that, we have a coach who is not very good at adjustments, not very good at calling good plays out of the timeouts. So now that as we get closer to prime time, which is the playoffs, I don't know. Uh, my gut tells me that we're not going to likely be successful in those areas because we haven't been successful in those areas. And they're very, very important uh, uh the very very important skill sets to have. So the Lakers have to go into the playoffs if they are to, they are to make a run. They have to 
eliminate these mental problems, which is missing free throws and not being able to adjust to particular offenses and defenses. Now, it's a little easier to do that when you're playing one team at a time, a little easier to game plan that. But we're going to find out where the massive deficiency is on a big on a bigger stage here. And we're, we're I, I, it doesn't bode well based off what I've seen this year. Once again, so, it's the Lakers fast break. It's late night with the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro and Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching listening. Uh, Zangerstein also says that she was saying that that it's the first one that you said, winning a must-win game. I didn't consider winning in Minnesota a must-win game. It's just they've been in I a must they, – they're, they're in a must-win game. They, what they showed in that game was they mustered for the – really what I saw the first time in a long time where they were kind of on the edge of losing and they didn't they didn't quit. They haven't been quitting. They played yesterday on a back-to-back. That part has improved. That part has improved. I am not going to deny that. The team roster has improved since the deadline. There's a lot of things that have improved, but the deficiencies in the simple little things is what's going to probably matter in the the playoffs. That's what's probably going to get them to win a game or two in a series. If they don't win those one or two games – because of free throw shooting and not being able to adjust to their their opponent when they need to, especially when they're going against good coaching, it's just not going to be a good situation. It's going to look a lot like what the Lakers looked like uh, when AD went out in 2021 and how they ended the year uh, last year in the regular season. So I, I, I know it sounds like I'm being a Debbie Downer, but this is just what I'm seeing, guys. I, I saw Ty, Ty Lue. Uh, absolutely eviscerate uh, Darvin Ham as a coach yesterday. I know we keep losing to, to the Clippers, and I know they play out of their minds, but there was also a clear-cut difference in how to run a game, and Darvin is not very good at it, and the Lakers kept missing free throws again. Those things stymie you in this. This is not Shaq missing free throws, okay? Shaq, I – yeah, go ahead. I still think you got to attribute that to to a lot of it to fatigue, man. Four days off compared to no days off. I still, you know, I, I don't like to go ahead and throw that out there at times, but you're going to see it like, for instance, for tomorrow, Lakers will have one day off, a little bit fresher than than Phoenix going in, who had a tough game playing their extended minutes. I still think you're going to see that tomorrow as well with the Lakers. I, you can you can blame tiredness. Uh, I know LeBron did. Uh, free, th- wanna, free throws. Well, I mean that that's where you the, get the most. But but you're you're they're still missing those things when it's not a back to back. It they they and lost. I agree with you there. I believe I believe they lost to the Clippers, Clippers the last time when the Clippers were I think on a, on the back end of a back to back and they had a few days off. It might have been a couple of games before then, but I, I think it was the last time. It's 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 the same setup with the Clippers. It just Clippers play out of their mind. The Lakers don't play well enough, and they don't coach well enough and it's just not a good sign but this was an important game in that if you win this game you pretty much guarantee yourself in the playoffs so that's a must win game that's a must must win game even though they're all in must win games at this point this was the one where you were guaranteed yourself a playoff spot you wouldn't have to play for a week because you probably go into phoenix probably go in there uh, to utah or against utah and phoenix and win those games. But now we have to hope that the Kings 
flop, which they won't. They will let Golden State win because they don't want to face the Lakers. And the Lakers will end up a seventh seed playing New Orleans, and they won't get any rest, and we'll be yapping about how they were tired again. You know what? These guys are 24, 25, and 26. What do you mean they're tired? Okay, AD is 30. LeBron tired? Okay, I get that one. But everyone else is a thoroughbred. Everyone else is young and in their 20s, except for a couple guys that are in their 30s. What exactly are they doing? Well, let me just say this. Zangerstein brought up the the stat that LeBron is 100% at free throws in the final minute of the game. And she's saying that, you know, she trusts Dennis and Reeves and LeBron in those final minutes for free throws, but not to AD, which is the exact opposite of what it was just a short couple of years ago when he was tremendous at the line even in the bubble he was really good now you get to the point where it's almost become a mental thing this late with ad yeah i don't know do you think it's mental now or it's become it's it's always been it's it's always been mental there's no reason why uh uh, you know, Sasha was at the game yesterday. That's a, you know, since we're talk, we were talking about him yesterday. Sasha was the greatest shooter in practice in NBA history, according to Laker media. And when he played in the games, other than one year in 2008, he stunk when it mattered. It's it definitely is mental. Uh, I just. I've had a chance to settle a little bit down from from yesterday's game and analyze it a little bit more. I did watch a little bit more of it today, and you know I can go to, through the intricacies of a, of a game and 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 pinpoint certain sets, certain screen screen and rolls, certain decisions made on defense. But these kind of shows that we're doing are not supposed to be diagrams of of offensive execution, uh, especially when those guys are. <laughs> listening on the radio, uh, we're here to kind of keep things more lay, layman terms. I think the only guy that's been able to get away with using uh, uh, thesaurus with all the fancy uh, words is Bob Costas. But we're trying to make it simple here and, and understanding that there are very blatant things that are going on with the Lakers that are not good. Uh, they've been winning lately, and we commend them for that. But going – Settling from last night's game, because I know I was kind of just kicking it last night. I didn't want to, you know, get get too riled up. I had, I had a pretty good day. I, I mean, I don't have bad days, but, you know, it was a good day. It was fun. I was enjoying it, hanging out with you guys. But at the same time, you're you're just – you settle in. You're like, what – if there – why can't you just win this game? Why can't you pr- – why can't you show me that you're ready to go on a run? This is the kind of game you need to win to, to really – Push it to that next run, but Intel. You, well, Intel can't do has it. a great Intel Wild has an excellent question. Do we suck or are we contenders? He wants the truth. I don't know if tomorrow, if yesterday is actually a good barometer. The thing is, they come off a long road trip. It's the final game. It is off a of back to back. They've been on the road for what ten days or close to ten days, and then you come back home or supposedly it's home. You know, it seemed like that with a home crowd there more than it was at the Clippers. But, you know, it comes off a of back-to-back. And you saw it in that first half. They just had no legs. They had no energy. So I don't know if you can 
gauge and say this team is not a contender by what you saw last night. I mean, everybody was so high on the Lakers, and maybe that's the thing. Maybe we should have been so high on the Lakers for these past couple weeks, but we also shouldn't be so down on them for what happened yesterday. Down is not the. It's not really down. It's it's. Well, you should see social media, my friend. I don't give. I don't care about what people on social media do. Uh, The the issue at, at hand is there's a failure this year if they don't win the championship, and to tell me that they're fatigued when two of their stars have missed one quarter of the year and you have the rest of the guys who are in 24 25 and 26 what what are you what are you telling me there how, what, how does that make any sense when are you going to play with a lot of energy in your life other than when you're in, in your when you're in your mid20s this is this is your prime guys like Beasley guys like Ven uh, Vanderbilt guys like Reeves, these guys are in their prime. Prime. Why? What do you mean they're tired? I, I didn't. Reeves struck, didn't do much last night. Was he tired? Why? Why are these guys tired? First class flights, first class food, first class therapy. How come twenty years ago, guys that had none of those things were playing eighty-two games a year? I didn't hear about. Oh, they were fatigued. Fatigued from what? They're missing a quarter of the year and they're still tired? No, I'm not accepting that. The effort has gone up. The the positiveness has gone up. They've won more games lately than lost. That's great. They the, the front the front office did a great de- did great deals at the at the deadline and improved this team. Absolutely. The problem now is we're getting to prime time. Now we need to get back to more realistic stuff instead of feeling good about beating Minnesota finally in Minnesota after, what, eight years? Uh, at this point, there, there, there's only one thing that matters that's coming. That's you get in the playoffs and you win it all when you have LeBron James and AD on your team with guys that actually play well with them. If you don't win the title, it's a failure. And that's how this all com- comes together, guys. There's no other... Way to look at it. The Lakers are in it to win championships at this point. This is not a rebuild. So I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know what Phoenix is going to do tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to maybe lean towards more of. He's probably going to rest some some people. Lakers I mean, have to forty one minutes for Durant, and Durant is thirty. What thirty four, thirty five. Mm-hmm. So you yeah, they, they may they may coming sit, off an injury himself. They may sit him. They may sit him, and because Phoenix really has this year at this point, you you really, I don't think they did that deal to to wait till even next year. Phoenix made that deal for Kevin Durant to win the title this year, so that Chris Paul retires after the finals. I don't know how that's going to happen because Chris Paul has fallen down. It's done. He's. He looks like Peyton Manning in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 50. I mean, he, he just couldn't – you can't move. So if the if Phoenix wants to preserve their team here the next two, three games because they got the number four locked up, that sort of makes sense because they only have really one more year to make this happen. I don't think Chris Paul has anything left of anything next year, and Durant's going to continue to get worse as the years go on. And, you know, Devin Booker's, you know, he's in his prime. He's going to keep – you know, he's going to be the face of the – 
Phoenix Suns for the you know foreseeable future. But he's a mental weakling, and um, DeAndre Ayton is a uh, above average uh, center, not really even a second guy on a team, probably a third. He's better as a third. So this is their only chance to win a championship, in my opinion, is this year, and everything has to go right for them. So I can understand if they sit Durant, sit Booker, sit whoever, and relinquish this win. But the Lakers are going to have to hope this, the, the Kings want to win that game against uh, Golden State. Otherwise, they're going to be playing in the plan. Yeah, because they won't win. I think Golden State's last game is it's against Portland. It's against Portland, I think. Yeah, yeah, they're not yeah, losing so, that game. Yeah, they're not. They're not losing that game. Yeah, so it is. Uh, yeah, we'll know pretty much tomorrow night. By the end of tomorrow night, when we're on the post game, exactly what's going on with the Western Conference and where the Lakers stand. So our hopes are that Golden State does continue their road woes. You know, I mean that's the only solace we could take is that they're terrible on the road this year. So maybe Sacramento will go ahead and lay the smackdown on them and they'll light the beam on Golden State tomorrow. Remember also you you again it goes back to what I said earlier. Sacramento now has the power to choose who they want to play in the first round. Do they want to play LeBron or do they want to play Steph in that first round? So it's very interesting, my friend. Very interesting. Zangerstein, I, I, I understand your I I understand your 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 the you know comparing the eras. Uh, I I didn't see Showtime. I saw the tail ends of it where, before you know after they had won their championships. But uh, and they would play three sometimes four games of five nights, three nights in a row. I I know I'm I was I was watching. Okay, those. so yeah, so if you've got a team from 1980 to 1989, so that's ten years, going to seven finals. Actually, they went to eight. Sorry, my mistake. Eight finals. How dare you? And win, and win five championships. Okay, you can't tell me that Showtime, who ran and they ran. This is not even like seven seconds and 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 shoot the ball from the perimeter. These guys ran to the basket and got their butts kicked sometimes by the Detroit Pistons, by the Celtics. Why did these guys who didn't have anywhere near what they have now, why were they able to sustain their dominance for a decade? These guys are supposed to be more athletic, right, G? Supposed to be faster, stronger. Faster, stronger, better equipped, better nutrition, jumping higher, better planes. If you're not going to come down to to reality again and understand that, that there's a mental part of this, if you are going to mentally tell yourself you're going to be hurt, okay, if you're going to do that and you're going to say, oh, well, you know, that's the era, well, then you're already lost. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying a 24-year-old athletic freak, okay? NBA players are athletic freaks. They can jump out the building. Guys like Vanderbilt, guys like Beasley, these guys can do athletic things like you wouldn't even believe. You're telling me that a guy in his mid-20s who's a professional athlete who's got skills like this, he has to rest when every when all his when all their predecessors who weren't even one-tenth of their athleticism didn't sit? No. It's a mental thing, guys. It's a mental thing. These guys have to either somehow harness this the rest of the way 
or what you've seen the last four or five months is going to materialize in a series, very likely should they get past New Orleans in the play-in, which is I think where it's going to end up, they're going to face likely Memphis. And Memphis is going to run them out the, the building if they're not, they're not playing smart ball and focused mentally. That's it. Focus mentally means making your free throws. You got to make your free throws. But also is with the Lakers, since they're not a great jump shooting team, even with the additions of Beasley and Russell, they're not the greatest shooting team in the world. So a reliance on transition for the Lakers is necessary because as I was talking with Z and, and, you know, Z I'm sure sees it every time when she actually couldn't, she couldn't be on the show last night very much because she was actually rewatching the Clippers game. And in doing so, I'm sure she sees those sets, those half-court sets sometimes for Lakers. You and I get frustrated when we're on playback.tv slash Lakers fast break, and we see no movement. We see no cutting. We need we see no screen and rolls. Oftentimes, it's, okay, we either dump down to AD, which is good because you do need to feed AD, but also try to make things easier for them by stretching the defense, doing little things, cutting, moving, something where the ball or the man – moves a little bit more than what we see in the offense. These little things I've, I've not seen very much all season long, which constantly irritates me in regards to the way we're being coached. So you see, even though I did make, was very complimentary in the way that, that Darvin Ham in Minnesota may have learned many things in regards to staggering LeBron and AD a little bit better, making certain situational changes in the rotation, there's still a long way to go in what he needs to go ahead and do for evaluating this team and making sure that the team is at all quarters and points in time of the game have their best foot best foot forward. Yeah, it's it's you gotta you gotta you gotta somehow figure out how to merge just eliminate those deficiencies that you've you've had for five months. It's very hard to go from missing, you know. 22% of your free throws to all of a sudden hit 85% of them, uh, which would make a drastic difference in the playoffs. It would win you games. And coaching, coaching is going to be a spotlight here the rest of the way, folks. Ham is, unfortunately, Ham has not shown he can really. And, and you know what? Want to know what the funny part is about this? I was listening to some national shows and I was listening to one podcast in particular. I don't want to give them a shout out. But it's one I listen to quite regularly that's very stat and very, very nerdy, stat-heavy type deal. I mean, they will bore the average NBA fan to death sometimes because they go heavily in the stats and the analytics and all that. And they're doing their season-end awards, and it popped up today. So I was listening to it, and you know, they were statistically giving you analysis who they think is best and what. And when they came up to coaches, now while he wasn't on their top three list, Darvin Ham was mentioned for the job that he's done so far in LA as a possible coach of the year fringe contender, which kind of made me chuckle knowing the real story and seeing all these games, your thoughts, when you hear me say that, that actually in some circles, people are thinking that Darvin Ham is doing a credible job. It goes to show you that none of them have watched the games really extensively. Uh, Mike Tomlin has a, a huge supporting, uh, he has a lot of support in the NFL. Uh, as being a really, really good coach. Um, guys, I, I have never missed a Mike Tomlin coached football game. If you really want to know how good Mike Tomlin is, email me, hit me up on Twitter, and I'll tell you exactly why he's not. 
Darwin Ham has similar traits. There's this adjustment issue that he doesn't have. Okay. Now, Phil Jackson was known as someone who wasn't an X's and O's type, but that guy had you mentally focused to the point where you could eat granite and not chip a tooth. That was his gift. I know it helps to have Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Shaq on your team to do that, but you also have to remember those guys didn't win squat until Phil Jackson came on board. So it was one of those things where they all help each other win, right? That's what it was. Well, so it was. I want to say to Z though, she because she's saying if Ham does job, Reeves would have been starting from game one. We we kind of overgloss the fact that remember I, I now am convinced that. Reeves, and this is something I said earlier in the season because he was struggling mightily in that first part of the season. You remember that, right, Joe? When he was really not very much of a factor in the first month or so, it took him a little bit while to get warmed up. But I was worried that he would never be a good rotational player on a winning team. I am now fully convinced that he can be. Now it's just a question, can you continue to have him as a starter going forward on a winning team? And then I think he's proving a lot of people that he can but he was really struggling to start off the season. Well, with Beasley's struggles, uh, you had to insert Reeves in there because he was playing very, very well. But you remember me saying at the beginning of the year, to use someone like Austin Reeves at its apex is to, is for him to be a sixth man coming off the bench. When I agree you have, with you. I you think that's have, what his ultimate role will so be. So we've, we've been hearing terms like Manu Ginobili. That's what Austin Reeves' game is starting to kind of look like, right? This guy that can handle the ball, get to the hoop, get hit, and make a, a three-point, you know, a play, which is, you know, he's I don't know how he's making those shots. It's almost like he practices it. The The thing is, though, is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to my guns on this. Austin Reeves would be deadly off the bench on a championship team. And I think that's where he would really flourish. And if I you agree. needed proof, if you needed proof a little, watch yesterday's game. What happens when someone D's him up legitimately? Playoff style D. That's where he, he struggled. He couldn't get off of what was going on. He doesn't have that skill set to be a guy that can get past you at will at any time. That's not his game. Uh, Austin Reeves, I'll still say, would be the perfect six-man, six-man of the year candidate for sure every year and year out on a championship team. Him starting helps, but his best asset in my book would be to come off the bench, the first guy off the bench. When that will be, we're going to find out in the offseason. It'll depend on who the Lakers uh, decide to, to bring in. If they decide not to trust Beasley getting out of his slump here, uh, I'm, I don't see Beasley probably coming back. I do see D'Lo coming back. I do see Vanderbilt coming back. Well, they might sign Bamba and Beasley, even if they're not happy with him, just because to have those slots for trades. Right, but I don't think they're going to be spending uh, big big money on either one. Uh, right, it, would really, be six, it would be 10 and $16 million respectively. They would have to sign them for it because they have, they have contracts that are pending. It's yes. not – they're not – they're not – there are a phase. Okay. And Zangerstein, thank you for re reaffirming the uh, – Manu going off the bench. Manu was a starter coming off the bench. Yeah, that was like uh, I, I, I. The example I use is uh, Tim Lincecum winning, helping the Giants win the World Series in 2014, being a relief pitcher. Lincecum was arguably the best pitcher in baseball for four year period, and the fact that he 
put his ego in his pocket and let Bruce Bochy use him as a weapon off off out of the bullpen, that helped win the World Series in 2014, much like how Manu got off the bench when he was clearly a star. The guy's all a famer, but it was the right setup for that team to win. Austin on a championship team is coming off the bench. And until that happens, it's not likely the Lakers are going to be effective there. So we're going to have to find out likely next year how that kind of plays out. Because the guy that plays the three in a LeBron offense, because that's what he is, he's a three, and that's also hard to guard wing guys. That's the other part that's hard, especially as a starter. You need a three and D guy that can hit shots when LeBron is going to the hole and passing out. I'm going to say this search and destroy. I think Lonnie should have gotten some minutes yesterday because he hasn't played. And I really think that he would have given the team a little bit of a lift in that first half. I think Darvin should have gone to him because you could see that the team needed some energy and he hasn't played at all really that much uh, outside of that one big game he had about a week ago or a little over a week ago. So I think that would have been great for him. And Roberto, uh, yeah, we have noticed a difference in bench production. It's been up and down. Rui, the past few games up until yesterday, was has been really, really good for three games straight. Dennis has been all over the place as far as his consistency. But Rui, for the most part, since he was put on the bench from his starting spot, he was he actually been inconsistent as well. He actually even got a... A DNP coaching decision as far as a, I think a little over about almost two weeks ago now before he started to really wanted to get back things square. So I think I agree with Joe. I think Reeves ultimate position, best position would be off the bench. But the thing is now that he's had a taste, now that the numbers support him, LeBron and AD playing so well together statistically, now that he's had a taste of being in the starting lineup and now that he's in a contract, you know, situation where the Lakers will not have to sign him to, you know, quite a handy chunk of cha- a chunk of cash there. Your thoughts on this, my friend? Will he want to go back willingly to a reserve role? That's a great question. I don't know. See, that's the problem. You know, just, just because we think he might be best suited is not, you know, his mindset and not the mindset of his agent talking to the Lakers as well. The the construction of the team next year, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves a little here, but it, it, it does play into, it does factor into what's going on right now. Which player is going to see the big stage as an opportunity to get max money for themselves? Uh, we're going to find out. Is We're going to find out. And, and those who come out of this with, uh, uh, the mindset that they're going to dominate to get that money, they'll, 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 it's going to be very clear who it is. Right now, guys like D'Angelo, guys like Rui, Rui's improved the longer he's been here. He didn't start out too well at the beginning, but now he's getting a little bit better. Uh, D'Angelo, uh, Vanderbilt, Beasley, uh, Bamba, these guys are going to, they're going to have to showcase themselves here in the next few weeks to see how good they are. But I don't know. I don't know what the Lakers – I don't know how – the Lakers are going to have to construct the team and making sure that the guys that they retain go into next year without any slumps, without any mental issues. Because they just feel like the Laker pressure, the Laker armor just 
bogs down on a lot of these guys. You know, the reason why we loved guys like L.O. and Pau Gasol and Rick Fox and D. Fish, you know, when you look back on those teams, especially the first three, the, the three-peat team, dude, we had like four clutch players in that on that team. Four. You're lucky if you have one. You had Ori. You had Fish. You had Kobe. I mean, it's like that's that's mental toughness. That's why we love Rick Fox. We we we're used to that, you know. And then when you move to the back-to-back team, Lo Gasol. Uh, Trevor Ariza. How many games did Trevor Ariza win us in that playoff run in 09? Right? So I I don't know if I see anyone on this team. They they showed a little glimpse of it in the Minnesota game. But it just that's what it is. They keep showing glimpses, but they don't they didn't win yesterday when they really needed to win. This was like a really big, they were tied record-wise. They had the same road record. They had the same home record as the as the Clippers. This was you're in LA. There and I know it was a, a Clipper home game, but that's your arena, and you still got punked. And you and, and your head guy used the, the the schedule as an excuse instead of saying we got our butts kicked. We should have won this game. Instead, he was using a scheduling conflict, and that's the that's the other problem with LeBron. The problem, the problem. LeBron will outwardly tell you excuses on why they lost. He doesn't ever say, you know what? We I'm just like, telling you what I saw in the eye test, especially that. It's not the guys. They don't have it. They don't have what I think you need to win a title. They were able to muster enough in 2020. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if this team has enough to win a title. Would, if uh, they won last night, would they have in your mind? Absolutely. Absolutely. They would have. Those are the games. Those are the games that make a difference, but they'd have to win tomorrow. And finish off Utah. Then you're sitting in the fifth seed with a lot of momentum, right? Now you're showing me, look, you guys are starting to really get this, and now let's go make a run. But instead, you lose tomorrow, you lose yesterday, and now you're probably going to drop the seven where you're going to have to play an extra week when you're already tired and play the Memphis Grizzlies likely in the end if you get They'll play once if they're seventh, right? If they win. So that's oh, still man. once though, and according, according, you know, during. Hey the man, uh, these days. I, I don't you... know. My my opinion is not as cut as dry as yours. I think I think you do need to attribute it to just human fatigue. Uh, a lot, a lot of it. There's sure there were some game plan issues, as Z has pointed out. Sure, there were some things that I would have done differently. I would have brought Lonnie Walker in there just to see because he hasn't played, just to see if he give you any kind of energy. Just try anything in that first half when you were getting thumped, because. Still, when you're looking for answers, those are some of the things you got to try and do. You got to look and see if there's someone that can give you anything at all when you're getting thumped like that in such an important game. Well, I don't think Lonnie Walker would have made a difference because no, but yeah, the issue is try. they couldn't stop a nosebleed and they were fine on offense, and that's where Lonnie flourishes. The issue is they were getting the, the Clippers were running sets like the Lakers didn't know where they were for three quarters and that to me is a coach knowing you suck at certain things and exploiting it and you have the other coach who doesn't know how to stop it 
Yeah, and, and I'm not I'm not putting a hundred percent on the fatigue factor. I don't want to get it get played a factor. It did play, it did a, factor, play a factor. But that's, I think it but, did play a factor. Yes, it does. It matters when it's, not it's the a, whole story. It matters. It matters. You can sit there and explain that on a, in a February or January game. Okay, this is different. This is a playoff at in 48 minutes away. You win. Last night, you virtually, you basically control everything in terms of where you want to go in the playoffs. You probably sit at a, at a fifth seed after being in 13 for months, but they don't have that extra kick. They're too busy making excuses. Yes, LeBron, I'm talking to you, I'm talking about a scheduling conflict. Dude, it doesn't matter you had a scheduling conflict. The only reason why, how do you know it's a scheduling conflict at the beginning of the year? How did the NBA know, oh, they're going to be even on the record, right? This isn't a flex NFL thing. They're not going to flex you the next day because they want to have a good game. This is the third to last game of the year. They don't know what the hell is going to be there by then. So it, it just shows, those things show you where their mental focus is. Their leader, their number one guy is making excuses Therefore, they're going to have those excuses, and they're going to have that weak mentality. That's what that is. And that probably played a big factor in why my mood was different after the game yesterday versus why I'm being a little bit more negative tonight because I didn't see what he said until today. When I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. He's going to blame the schedule on the NBA from freaking last year. How the how the hell would they have known? How they they you don't. So it's such a stupid comment because it doesn't make any sense. And on top of it, it's a weak mentality. And this is your result, guys. Couldn't win a game that they really needed to guarantee a, a spot a spot. Because what if they lose to New Orleans? What if they lose to New Orleans? Now what? Go to the eighth spot, and then they have to play two games. Which is really a kind of not, not that good. That would be the worst scenario. That that would be a terrible scenario indeed. Or if they fall to ninth, that would be the worst of ultimately if, yeah. if they lose both it's, games. And it's, fall it's, to it's, ninth. it's it's just I don't. I'm not a. Uh, I'm just. I'm dumb tired of excuses. You know, if you're hurt and you're load managing in a time when you're not, you have no business doing. You just retire. Just just go go retire. You know, stop wasting our time. Um, I'm, I'm I'm tired of this discussion. I, I really am. I, I I'm I want I want you guys to play and stop making excuses. You lose, you got your butt kicked for the fourth time this year, for the eleventh straight time, right? By the Clippers. And did you see that gaudy record? It's like twenty five. Yeah. And it, yeah. yeah it, it's just yeah. a gaudy record that. At what point? Have, over the last forty times they've played, ten years plus they've played the Lakers. At what point does pride take over? When when does that happen? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see, indeed, my friend. But before we head on out, I promise to touch on this subject one last time, my friend, because uh, Raw Blog News. Uh, who is now a subscriber. And thank you so much for subscribing to the Lakers Fast Break so you can get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with all of our great shows. Remember, if you do, not only will you get our great post games right there for you, also late night with the Lakers Fast Break, like you're watching now, 
Lakers History 101. Do you know your Lakers trivia? Our newest show, the Lakers Snack Pack, Magic Man in the Morning, NBA Observations, and more. So truly hope that you will subscribe to our channels wherever you get it, Facebook, Twitch, or, of course, right here on YouTube. Before we head on out, my friend, I want to touch on, again, the game tomorrow night. And we'll be also talking about this in the morning. I want you to wake me up, man. I got to go ahead out anyways around 8.30 Pacific time. So I want you to go ahead and hit me up, man. I'll be on for a few minutes if you guys wake me up for Magic Man in the morning. So I know one thing you'll be talking about is the preview for tomorrow night's game against the Phoenix Suns. I want to give a shout out to Raw, who's watching us at 2.30 in the morning because he's watching us on the East Coast. So big shout out to him, Intel Wild. Zangerstein, who's on the other side of the world right now in the Philippines watching us. So big shout out to all of you who's watching us right now. Before we head it out, it is the Lakers versus the Phoenix Suns. Very important game for the Lakers. For Phoenix, not so much because they've already sewn up the four seed. Tonight's game against, <laughs> get this, my friend. I know you look and I looked at the box scores and whatnot, but when I see, when I see DeAndre Jordan on the Denver side starting and playing 30 minutes, no Nikola Jokic, Reggie Jackson, Christian Braun, Bruce Brown, that was the starting lineup. And also you had Peyton Watson. That was your starting lineup for the Denver Nuggets, and they almost won the game in Phoenix against the starters from the Phoenix Suns, Kevin Durant. Okogi, Aiton, Paul, and Booker. Aiton played 32 minutes, Paul and Booker 37, and Kevin Durant 41, and they barely squeaked out a win. I see some of those guys getting some rest tomorrow night. Plus, also, I see a bigger picture. People think they've seen what they saw of the Lakers and are judging the Lakers from last night's game. I think you need to see and judge a lot by what you saw for tonight's game on the Phoenix Suns because so many people are high on the Phoenix Suns. It's, you know, these guys are still professional athletes. Sometimes they, they play above their heads, and maybe that was one of the games. Like Utah uh, against the Lakers on Wednesday. That one was more the Lakers just taking their foot off the gas uh, the last minute and a half. And uh, Kelly Olinick, Lickick, whatever the hell he wants to call himself. <laughs> Olinick. Olinick, uh, hitting half-court shots and banking them in. I mean, come on. It's just ridiculous. But uh, it's a game-by-game -game analysis where uh, we, we, we sound like we're flip-flopping uh, every other day um, when, in fact, we're just commentating on what we're watching mm -hmm. and what the players are saying. Uh, so, so tomorrow, my friend, I think we're going to see some, some of these players sit down on the Phoenix side. Back-to-back, -back, no reason to go ahead and stretch them out because – in the case of Phoenix, there's really nothing for them to play for. They've already sewn up the four seed. Could be a little bit better for the Lakers tomorrow night, you think? Maybe. If they sit AD, Aiton, and CP3, KD. yeah. KD. Yeah. I'm sorry. Did I say AD? Sorry. You said KD, AD. sorry. If they sit KD and uh, Chris Booker. Paul, at least probably KD and Chris Paul mainly, mm -hmm. uh, then, yeah, we have a shot at winning tomorrow. And then we have to cross our fingers that the Kings want to beat Golden State, which I'm going to be a little bit jaded on this and thinking they're not going to play hard. They're going to want – they're not going to want to face the Lakers at the sixth So seed. they would rather face in – the, in the playoffs, they would rather face the first round of the defending champs than LeBron and AD. Yes. I think I think Golden State is checked out. 
some don't agree with me. Everyone says Wiggins is going to come back and they're going to make a run. I think Golden State has some internal issues that they've had all year that haven't been mended, and they're burnt out. And that happens in the NBA. Some teams just burn out. The Lakers have a little bit of burnout, too. They're tired of the pressure. They're tired of a lot of things. It's um, taken a lot of energy for them yes, to come back from yes. so far low in the standings to where they are now. Correct. Let's put that in perspective, too. Correct. But the 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 unknown here is the fact that the Western Conference Finals has a bunch of teams that have been burnt out, including Denver. Uh, the only ones that really haven't have been uh, Memphis ran into some problems with obviously John Morant with his uh, off-the-court issues, but those seem to have completely gone away. That Stephen and, Adams injury, though, is yeah, really going to be a killer. Yeah. Time. So Sacramento seems to be the only team that hasn't really had any issues all year. Maybe they make a run and go to the finals. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, but they're young and they haven't been in the playoffs in 17 years. So I don't know, guys. Uh, and they don't play defense. I'm just worried that we don't. I don't want to face a an East team that's dominating. That might be a problem. And that again, at the end of the day, guys is. Doesn't matter if the Lakers somehow miraculously gets out the West, they still got to win the final game, final series. So against I don't Giannis know. or against an Embiid or against a Tatum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'd be more worried about those guys than I would anybody in the West at this point. But the Lakers have shown that if they're not focused, it doesn't matter who it is; they're not going to likely end pretty well. End well. So we'll see. We're going to see how their mental focus is in, 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 in about a week and a half, and then we'll we'll see. We'll be able to talk more. Absolutely, but it you know it looks promising for the Lakers versus Suns tomorrow night, and then of course they end the season on Sunday against the Jazz team, which got eliminated tonight with their loss against the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Dallas Mavericks. That's so funny because not only is Dallas Mavericks trying to see what they can do just to even get the 10th seed, Joe, but in all ironies of ironies, if they somehow miss out on the playoffs or they somehow squeak into the play-in, you know there's the fact that they have a top 10 protected pick. So they finish 11th, they end up losing that pick as well. Well, just the, you know, just another example of a weasel, little coward, uh, Mark Cuban. He blames some player's dad on why they weren't able to sign Jalen Brunson. He didn't want to throw the cash at him. That's just I mean, is this guy for real? This is the same weasel who cried after the CP3 trade with Dan Gilbert, right? With Mr. Quicken Loans. And we, you know, I don't want to get off topic here, but this is what I'm talking about. This is why there's viciousness in my delivery a lot of times you have these supposedly fugazi freaking apex predators who are not really apex predators they're 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 the little lambs but they have the money to act like they are but when things don't go their way they turn into little bitches okay and that's what he is okay blaming some guy's dad how old are you you're Mark Cuban. You're a billionaire, and you're still blamed. You, you still talk like this. You know, Brunson like, has been playing well. You know, He's a great reason I mean, for the New York. This is just this is this is this is comical. How you we allow these clowns to cry, and we we placate them because people want something from them. This is why I, I get irritated with people and their 
obsession with money. The reason why a lot of these powerful people continue to do what they want to do and wreck things for everyone and make everyone look like fools is because you enable them, because you want something for them. You, oh, well, they got money. F them and their money. Okay. Someone needs to tell Mark Cuban on the court that he's a, you know what? Maybe wow. someone with bigger stature. I don't know. Somebody. Well, okay. again, it's so funny. No one calls that. anybody out. No one really calls anybody out. No, they go fight Shannon Sharp. Some dad uh, of a player goes and fights with Shannon Sharp, a freaking donkey. The donkey Sh- Shannon Sharp. Like, what's that going to do? What's he going to do? Talk about it with Skip? What? You're going to make him more famous doing that. So, I don't know. I don't – this whole – excuse-filled, crybaby BS, you know, and everybody everybody has their own subjective uh, uh, analyzation on what is considered whining. Some people might hear me right now thinking, oh, he's whining or he's ranting. I'm not. I'm not. You you guys tell me how, how a grown-ass man like Mark Cuban, who's a power of industry type, a billionaire, and he goes on TV and he actually has the, 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 the shame to tell – uh, the public that he couldn't sign a player that was absolutely of m- m- huge importance to your team going to a championship team, blaming the guy's parent because you couldn't sign him. I mean, come on. It's just, this is stupid. And then you go get Kyrie. You go get Kyrie when you don't get Jalen Brunson. Then that's it. That's, I mean, that's a, there's been a problem there in Dallas for, uh, for years here, you know, ever since he broke up his 11 championship team, they haven't really ever recovered. So if they lose out on a playoff spot, they do keep their pick because they'll end up being 10th. But if they get into the play-in, at, let's say at a 10th in the Western Conference, then it'll be 11th or 12th overall, and they'll end up losing that pick to the Knicks. Uh, the irony right there, my friend, that's so funny, but it's called mismanagement. Say- it's called mismanagement. It's called mental, you know, this this stuff with Luca, as great as he is as a player, this constant whining every freaking time he doesn't get a call. At some point, when is the coach? Well, the reason why the coach isn't saying anything because coaches are treated like uh, trash in the NBA. The second the star doesn't like you, they're going to fire your butt. But if that's going to be, like I said, <laughs> I've said this with the whole injury thing. Like if they're going to, if you're not going to get what you need to get done, what, what's the point of you being there? It's a contract. You're going to get paid regardless. Why don't you just go all the way? Pull pull Luca by the ear and go stop freaking whining every five seconds. You know, this sets a precedent. Look look at Mark Cuban. Look at the the energy and the, the personality he's created. Bunch of whining, crying babies. And look at look, look look what happened. This is what that happened. That's top to bottom. Just like we were talking about Genie and Rob before the trade. What were they? What were they producing? They were producing squat, and your team was doing squat. Then you. Well, I don't. I don't think we should drop that issue on Genie and Rob, and we'll definitely do that after the season's over, my friend. So. Well, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna do that because they did make trades that mattered. They did make well, trades we that improved still have the team. that discussion. Let's but let's table that. Well, what's gonna happen is at the end of the year who they bring back and who they bring in to get this team on a more consistent setup, that's where they're going to have to make their bones there as well. That's just as important what they did at the deadline. 
Well, I'll tell you what, it's been a great conversation. I thought it was going to be a little bit shorter, but it is it turned out to be an hour long. Thanks so much to Joe Soro from Sinblades, sinbladeswithaway.com, and also as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Joe, if you need me in the morning, wake me up. You got my number. You give me a call. Well, you know, I'm hopefully, hopefully Magic Man will be there for Magic Man in the morning. Get his coffee ready. If you need me to go ahead and help preview in the morning, just give me a call. We'll go ahead and do it. We'll get up. We'll do it. Got to do what we can for our fans out there at Lakers Fast Break. So I'll leave it running. I know tonight I'm going to be editing this show. Or actually, you know what? I think I'm just going to throw it up as is. One of those review times, I actually will go ahead and do so because you guys in the chat room have been so great. I'm just going to throw this for audio Spotify listeners. But I will tell you out there, I will be editing the Pop Culture Cosmos show, and that's going to be coming up as well later this morning. So go ahead and look for that forever, uh, wherever you get your podcast. So for Joe Sorrell, thanks so much for watching this thing. We're going to try and be here tomorrow morning, but we will definitely be here for playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. And also as well for the post game, the best post game that's out there. Reggie Joe says, I'm jealous of Joe's great hair. <laughs> Thanks. It's midnight and you still got great hair, my friend. I I, I, I I took a dive in my spa. It was a little wet. Um, I, I, I combed it. Uh, it. It just combed perfectly today. I don't know what. Usually I kind of spike it up, but today it's got the... It's got the nice slick back look, but uh, thank you, Ray. You, 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 you're my boy, man. I love you, man. Absolutely. And Oklahoma City, that would be so funny if they uh, sneak in ahead of Dallas on that. That's your team, my friend. Their future is looking really high, whether or not they get in this weekend or not. I mean, my gosh, you know, for the rest of the decade, you better watch out for Shea Gilgis Alexander or, of course, Jalen Williams and everybody at Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm going to give them their respect. You always have to. But it is the Lakers fast break. We are hoping for good things here today because officially it is midnight. So later today, it will be, of course, playback.tv slash Lakers fast break for the game. And then also, of course, after the game, the best post game that's out here right here at the Lakers fast break and the best chat room that's out there is Lakers fast break. Joe, we're going to do something in the morning with Magic Man, hopefully. I'll be up in the morning. I got business anyway, so I'll be able to do a show for about 30 minutes and then same here get ready to do some business and then come back hopefully tomorrow night with a win yeah sleep will not be very much of an option for us tonight but oh well you know sleep when you die type deal so you go ahead wake me up in the morning we'll go ahead and knock it out uh, before we go ahead and do our business and then like i said playback.tv so sacred fast break and of course the best post game and the best chat room that's out there only here at the lakers fast break podcast Good night, everyone, and thank you for joining us for Late Night with the Lakers Fast Break.